Hey guys, <laughs> welcome to Simply Servoo. I'm Emma. Um, this week's episode is on love languages. Um, this is a really interesting topic that honestly I felt so compelled to make an episode about, which is why I'm doing it. I've recently decided that this podcast is not going to be something that I'm forcing myself to be consistent with because it causes me to go into burnouts and not want to do it like ever again and then it's it's just because I'm forcing myself to try to find a topic that is worthwhile and doing the extended amount of research that I do um which you would be surprised it feels like it's not a lot it feels like it's not a long episode but I swear it takes me a hell of a long time to research it because it's really difficult to find accurate information but for this um, episode, my main source was mindbodygreen.com. It seemed pretty reliable. I saw a lot of the same consistencies in other websites that I wasn't too sure about. So I just decided on that one. But love languages, many people have heard of them. I don't think people realize the depth of love languages and how they go into relationships and I think it's something that's actually insane once you take a like hot second to look into it because of how influential it is and it pretty much decides the success of your relationship whether that's a friendship between a parent and a kid um actual relationship with a significant other like literally anything love languages are one of the key components in my opinion to relationships and the success um there are five of them. It's quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, and giving and receiving gifts. Most of them are self-explanatory. I don't really think I need to touch on them. Um, there is a difference between acts of service and giving and receiving gifts. Gifts kind of do fall into acts of service, but it's very, very specific. And like acts of service can be like making someone breakfast in bed, um, leaving a little note for them, even though that can kind of go into um, words of affirmation, but you get the gist. It's not difficult at all. Um, But the part that I've kind of made a discovery on in my personal life is because people, like, people need to figure out what their love language is, and I'm gonna stress this, like, multiple times throughout this episode because I really think it lets you understand yourself and others around you way more than you thought you literally could ever, um, because it's the main way you punish people when you're angry or upset with them. Um, I'm gonna dive into that because that's the one discovery I made on my own, and I'm really, really proud of it. Um, so for me, my love languages, whoa, that did not come out right. My love languages are quality time and words of affirmation. So I really, really, I tend to bond with people that I spend more time with. So like if I'm spending a lot, of, so for example, my dad, I get along with him extremely well now because I spend so much time in the car with him. And, like, my friend Grace, we did a sport together, and we were always carpooling, and it just caused a lot of downtime where it didn't really make much sense not to get to know each other, even if we weren't that close. So, like, things just make sense for me when I spend time with people. And it also lets me analyze their body language, which is a huge part in me getting to know someone, and that could be caused by some trauma, 
because that's typically what happens when you know people's body language, but it's just what I do. It's how I function. So seeing them and seeing like their energy, because energy is a really big thing to me too, that goes into quality time. And that's why quality time is definitely like my main love language. My secondary one is words of affirmation. Um, I'm a really sensitive person. I mean, I try not to be, but like I'm not sensitive to most people that are not close to me. The second, my parents, my best friends, my brother, like, it doesn't matter who it is. If they say something that's a touchy subject um, or they know will hurt my feelings, it will quite honestly destroy me. And I'm just saying that in full truth because it's how it is. I've always tried to deny my sensitivity because I always thought being tough was, like, the goal in life but I just I think it makes me more vulnerable and I've started looking that looking at that in a positive light um so words of affirmation are huge for me but when it comes in terms of punishments when I'm mad at someone I will not be around them at all like like at all I will try to isolate myself the farthest away I can get from them and with words of affirmation I will, like, go silent mode on them. Like, I will just black them out. I will not listen to them. I will ignore them. I will just not, I will act like I'm not there. I'm not in the conversation. Like, I pretty much, like, dissociate myself from them. Like, I just am mentally not there because I just can't deal with talking to the person that I'm mad at. Um, And on the other side of if your love language is words of affirmation, You can be really, like, cutthroat and, like, rude. I think, and there's a difference between just being a bad person and a rude person, and when you get really fired up, you say hurtful stuff, because I think that can come also out of a place of hurt. And so this also goes into the idea that people will say mean stuff out of hurt, and it's because a lot of, I think, increasingly more people's love languages is starting to become words of affirmation because of technology and how much people talk to each other. I just, that's my belief. I don't know if that's right. Don't take my word on that, but I just feel like a lot of people are big on words of affirmation now, and you might call that soft. I don't really care. I just think it's the truth, and I think, but I also think it's a good thing because people are learning to really think about what they say because it can hurt people. And I think that's a really good realization for society to have because it was very much needed. But anyways, so yeah, there's a fine line between being rude and only being rude when you're mad. And that's why haters exist because they're sad with themselves or stuff like that. So that, I think that's something that makes sense. Again, I'm really proud that I realized that myself. Um, next bullet point I had was, oh yeah, how it helps relationships. If two people want to come together, and again, this takes effort and time, but two people can come together if they truly care about the relationship and sit down and say, what are your love languages? Like, let's talk about it because I think that discussion can really improve um, how loved each other feels and how secure they feel because if your love language is receiving gifts and someone's love language is physical touch, you can be showering them with gifts, like a gift every single day, even if it's something small. But if you don't like to hug them, they're just going to feel like you're ignoring them or you just don't love them. 
it's like talking French to someone who speaks Spanish. Like, it's just not going to translate. Even though you both mean well, um, it's just not, it's hard to make that work. So, it's still rough when your love languages don't align with the other person because that can still cause a struggle internally and have one thinking like, okay, I just, I need to know, I need to understand that their love language is just different. It's not because they don't love me, but they can, so that can happen if you're aware of what the other person's love language is, but they don't get it. Like, so if the receiving end of, or the other end of the relationship isn't aware of love languages, I think it can still harm some aspect of the relationship because the one person's just trying so hard to, like, understand that they just don't get it. So, that's why I think this discussion is really important. But, like, you can use the other person's love language to really help them feel loved, especially when they're lacking in some area of their life. Say they got in a fight with their friend or, um, I can't think of an, another example, but, like, you could say they just need some extra self-care and they're struggling if they're in, like, a depression or, like, an episode of some sort mentally and they just need, like, a little picker-upper, I don't know, um, if their love language is quality time or acts of service, you could, like, take them out on a little brunch date, like, do something little, it doesn't have to be big, but to them it is, because that's their love language, like, you're speaking to them in a language that they've always understood, and that means more than probably anything you could do, um, and even if your, like, love language is acts of service, and theirs is quality time like something vice versa where they don't really correlate if you write a little note that falls under acts of service and you're just like I love you so much they'll still like they'll get the point because they're not probably stupid but like it still is probably difficult for them when their love language is physical touch and you just leave them a note but they want to hug you but you're not there or something like that I hope we're understanding the point I'm not explaining this in the best way but there's a lot of combinations with the five love languages, so examples are really tricky. Um, the next thing. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Um, this can help two people understand each other's emotional needs, and I think this kind of ties along with what I just said, but, like, you'll know ways to support them when they need it, stuff like that, which is what I literally just said. Um next one there are quizzes online if you really really can't think of what you think a love language would be for you quizzes aren't the best thing because you know yourself the best out of anyone on this earth um but like if you become aware of this now and you're still not sure i would recommend just giving yourself like a two-week span of time to really like try to analyze and see what you think like this is what I first did. I would take a Snapchat and write down when I felt most loved and what the person did to make me feel loved. And then when I felt the least loved, so like when I was crying, and what they did. And that really, really helped. Like it was almost like a love language journal to figure out what yours was. And I think that's probably the most easy way, like the easiest way to figure it out. So I would recommend doing that. Um, and just finding two main ones, you'll have, like, one that's the most, but there's always a secondary one that plays a part. Um, this, or 
origin. This, oh my gosh, words. This originates um, from a book that Gary Chapman wrote called The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts. Um, It's pretty much a book that this guy wrote. I don't even know when he wrote it, but this guy wrote it and there's a lot of speculation and criticism on it, but generally speaking, this is a good rule of thumb on how to figure out love languages. I didn't read the book. It's all over Google now. Lovely technology. Um, and my last thing was love languages are also, keep in mind that they're heavily affected by the culture you grew up around and the household you grew up in. So, for example, South Asian culture public displays of affection, PDA, is very, very taboo. Like, that's not something you're gonna find in public, like, anything like that. So, a lot of people's love languages that are South Asian probably aren't gonna be physical touch, just by a wild guess. And obviously, this isn't saying everyone, it's not, like, a stereotype, but, um, just generally, like, cultural differences have to play a part, naturally. Um, but yeah, I really think I sound really like emo and monotone right now, but I just, this is a topic that seriously has made me so happy because I feel like this really aligns with where I'm at right now. So I felt very compelled to make this a podcast episode. So hope y'all enjoyed.